0: Wonderful. Well, welcome everybody. It is uh, it's our teaching hour uh, with the 10 days Pentecost. This has just been really going really well, really encouraged by how God is moving in the prayer room. Um, as we just see people from around the globe praying together in the same Zoom space, all the nations are... Um, coming together, it's a foretaste of heaven where we see every tribe, language, and nation gathered around the throne of God. And so what an honor to be a part of this. We have Liz Edlita. A lot of you um, may be aware of Liz. We might have met you through Liz. Liz is uh, a longtime missionary um, in many nations around the world. She's really led a sacrificial life of service to the Lord as a pioneer missionary. Uh, she and her husband, Tom, for years ministered together. They had eight kids on the mission field. And at this stage of life, Liz is really serving uh, kind of in the areas of prayer and network connection uh, primarily. And she's serving a lot of different groups. Um, including 10 days, including global family prayer, um, but a whole lot of other groups as well. And, um, but she really still has that heart and carries that heart uh, of missions. And especially for those who've never had a chance to hear the gospel. Uh, So Liz is kind of a a spiritual mom, I think to me and to, to many of us, and we're really honored to have her share with us tonight. So Liz, over to you.
1: Thank you so much. And I do feel like this is my family. So I'm going to just be very comfortable and at home with all of you. Hopefully, I'm speaking slowly enough for our translators to catch what I'm saying. I remember when we taught overseas, I would have to slow my brain down and remember that somebody was trying to imitate my speaking so that they could follow. We get out of the habit when we aren't doing that and our speech can go very quickly. So do let us know if we're speaking too quickly. Um, Also, I'm coming to you in a real weak point, which I think in a way it's very prophetic, isn't it? Paul talked about, I don't come to you in a strength, but in weakness. And um, I'm just uh, battling a respiratory thing. My throat's a little bit rough. So I apologize if I cough here and there. but I'm, I'm really excited to share with you today. I feel like what the Lord's light on my heart is the topic of God's heart for the world. It's something that has, God has been growing in me since I was young. And it's something I really can't escape. And I believe it's part of what he wants to grow in each one of us as believers. I don't think it's something special just for people that may be called to, quote, missions. I think it's God's heart. And I think as we pray and draw near to him and begin to know him more, that we catch more and more of his heart. So I want to share from that standpoint, which may not be the way that you've heard a typical talk about missions. Hopefully this will Uh, relate, that you can relate with it. I don't know how many of you are parents, or maybe grandparents, some of you. Um, If you remember back a number of years ago, there was a movie that came out called um, uh, Home Alone. Uh, Jonathan mentioned that I'm the mother of eight. I actually have two stepchildren. And I have eight of my natural children. So when that movie came out, it was a very uncomfortable movie for me because we actually had had that experience of uh, having one or two of our children get misplaced at uh, amusement parks or uh, trying to transfer from here to there. Kirk, um, do you have that picture of our family? This will give you an idea. Uh, this is a more recent picture. It was at my husband's funeral a couple of years ago. Um, and. It looks like a lot of people there, doesn't it? It's children and grandchildren. But as a mom, I can tell you, and as a grandmother, there are some missing. And for you to just look at it, you would think, wow, that's a lot of people. And it is. But there are at least uh, three of the children missing and a number of the grandchildren. There are 19 grandchildren altogether. So thanks, Kirk. Um, So you can imagine as a mom trying to keep up. Uh, Even as you're coming along, you have one and then you have two. There's one for each hand. Then you have three and it's a challenge and there's one more than you have hands. And uh, when the two of you are there, you kind of manage four, but then you get the fifth one and there's more than you both have hands. So I want to just play this little clip real quickly. This is from that movie Home Alone. And uh, to just give you an idea of the backdrop, this is a short clip. Uh, the family had gotten together and they were going on a holiday trip together. And there was all the commotion that you might imagine. I think it was uh, probably two brothers and their wives and their children that were going on this trip. They had stayed together in one home in the evening before the alarms, the power had gone off in the night and the alarms had gone off. So when they waked up, they realized they were late. The taxis were waiting to take them to the airport. Gathered them up very quickly and headed off. And when they got to the airport, this is the scene that you'll see. So you you might imagine that was me sometimes when we had the situation happen. Fortunately, not traveling on a trip, but there were the times when we had gathered everybody up to leave from an airport. And suddenly there were a couple of them missing and we had to circle back and find out that somebody had run to the restroom at the last minute. But you know, as a parent, um, we can think this week uh, we were all shocked and saddened by a shooting at a Texas elementary school, sadly, where I believe it was 19 were killed, Uh, young children. And we think about the loss and the families that are grieving now from that. Um, So many different situations. I was young, um, four years old, and my younger brother, I had a younger brother, two years younger, that ended up passing away when I was four, and he was only two. Quite a loss, even for a four-year-old that really can't understand a whole lot. So I think God began to acquaint me with the idea of losing someone that you care about very greatly, even from when I was very young. Um, As I grew up and eventually got married, uh, we had other losses from the family members. Um, And then as a parent, um, we had times with our children when not only those temporary, fortunately, losses of having one separated and then scrambling to try to find one, but we had One son who um, for 20 years was away from the Lord in homosexuality and the agony of um, praying for that son and uh, longing for the Lord to work in his life and believing that God was. And then after 20 years to have him restored and the joy that that brings to see um, when God brings back someone, a prodigal, you know, the Bible talks about loss in um, Luke. 19, or actually it's Luke 15, when Jesus gives three stories back to back about loss. First, he talks about the shepherd that leaves 99 sheep behind, and he goes looking for one missing. And you know, you think about my family's, looks like a lot of family, we're nowhere near 99. Um, but think about the heart of that shepherd, that he's aware of that one, and he because of that caring for that one, he leaves the other 99 behind. But then Jesus goes on to talk about a woman with 10 coins. Now, I don't know the value, what those coins would have been worth. I suspect they would have been worth a good deal. And so to lose one coin out of the 10 was a big loss. And she spent a great deal of time and effort and focus looking for that one coin. But then Jesus goes on to talk about Two sons, and now we're getting close to home with me and thinking about my son that was away, far away from the Father's house, not only from his parents, but also from our Father in heaven and from Jesus. And imagine the agony, if you can. I don't know if any of you have had uh, losses. I suspect that after these years of COVID, that probably not many of us have not been touched with some sense of loss in some way with family members that have been, that have passed on or um, or other situations. As I say, we had this just this week with the shooting at U- the Uvalde Elementary School. But I, I really was impacted um, as I went through different situations to think about how does, what's God's perspective? You know, in the very beginning in Genesis 3, 8 and 9, when God first was separated from Adam and Eve. um, We don't stop, I don't think a lot to think about what that would have been emotionally for him. They had been walking together day by day in the cool of the garden, it says. And uh, Genesis 3, 8 and 9, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? I don't know if we stopped to think about the poignancy of that and the pain there would have been to know that God created them to be in continual fellowship and union, and then to have that broken by their choice um, and that pain in his heart. but you know he's a God who went searching. He's the one that we're looking for them. And when we read on through the scriptures, we see in um 2 Peter 3.9, a repeat of that idea that he's not willing that any should perish. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, he doesn't want to give up. Um, I think about the father in the prodigal son story, how he was watching day after day for that son. And I think about as a parent, I relate to that pain of wondering, you know, when would my son come back? How, when would he be restored? And wondering, you know, praying and asking the Lord, you know, would you deal in their life? Would you work? Would you draw their heart back? And doing what I could um, to share and to pray and to to love unconditionally and waiting. There's another story I think that really speaks to God's heart. And for a long time, I didn't understand it. It was kind of a frustrating story to me. It's from Matthew chapter 20. Maybe you might want to turn there. Matthew chapter 20. It's a little bit longer, but I'll go ahead and read it starting with verse one. In fact, maybe I could get somebody else to read it and save my voice a little bit. Does somebody else have that? Would you care to read it out loud for us? Matthew 20, verse 1 through, I believe it's through uh, 16.
0: Hey, Liz, I'll read it.
1: Thank you, Jonathan.
0: Uh, Just getting there. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went again, he went out about the third hour, uh, about the ninth hour and did likewise. And about this 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. When they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, these last men have worked only one hour and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last for many are called, but few chosen.
1: Now, this story puzzled me for a long time. I thought it's kind of not fair. It felt not fair that these poor fellows worked all day long and these others just came late. And God one day just showed me his heart. And he said, I'm the heart. My heart is for the harvest. I'm urgent to see the harvest brought in. And it's so important that I kept going out to try to find more laborers to help make sure nothing was wasted. None was left behind. And all of a sudden this story took on a totally different perspective for me because I saw his heart. And I think that's the thing, you know, so often when we hear people talk about um missions and about sharing our faith and about um, our obligation to um, multiply and to um, let other people know about Jesus. It always seems sort of mechanical or statistical or something, but it wasn't until I began to really understand God's heart and his passion, and it goes back to that time in the garden when he came searching and We know Jesus said um, that um, he came to seek and save that which was lost from Luke 19.10. That was his whole purpose of coming. His whole focus was that none would be left behind. The Jews didn't really understand why he had a heart for the Gentiles. They were a little bit irritated, I think, because it felt like he belonged to them. And in in a way, he does. The Jews are, in a very special way, part of his plan. And they were meant to be part of him regathering all of those he created for the praise of his glory. You know, if you think about the Romans 8.32, it's another passage that's pretty familiar. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I think it just emphasizes he didn't spare even his own son. That's how desperate he was to find, to seek and to save. And then Jesus himself, um, when we look at um, that he laid aside his glory, Um, he, he left the glories of heaven. He took on the form of a servant, even humbling himself, even to the point of death on a cross. Jesus himself didn't hold anything back. He gave everything because of his passion and his love that none would be left behind. Um, So I think just as we think about his heart and we we think about prayer, you know, 10 Days and Global Family have been all about praying and drawing closer to the Lord in intimacy, growing to know him and to love him more. And in repenting, you know, we're seeking that things that are not lined up with his heart would be lined up with his heart. How can we not embrace then his heart for the last and the least and the lost Um, for those next to us and those around the world that haven't yet even had one chance to hear? Um, You know, you think about that picture that I showed at the beginning of my family. It looks like a big group, but how big of a group is it that uh, we're talking about in the world, um, in terms of uh-huh. when we think about God's um, God's perspective, and how many how many would there be left behind? Let me share a little video that gives you, in a sense, um, like a family picture for God. Who's He's exactly looking for? Who's the Kevin that's missing? So, I'm going to share this video now. Mm-hmm. That's a big family and a lot missing. And I think that puts emphasis for us. You know, everything begins in prayer, getting to know God and catching his heart is the beginning. And as you begin to get to know him more and more, you realize that his heart is beating and longing for those that are far from the father's house. Whether they've known him at some point and then turned away like Adam and Eve did, or like the prodigal son did, or whether they've never once had a chance to hear his name and to know that he's made a way for them to be restored. There's a lot of people that need the the things that we have. I'm assuming that all of us that are here are here because we have that relationship with the Lord. We have that privilege of coming before him as his sons and daughters and praying. So as we go through this 10 days time, I want to encourage you on the 10 days Pentecost page with the prayer guide. There's also a 10 days guide for each of the 10 regions of the world that give you some current prayer uh, topics for each of the regions that just move us a little closer to praying with God's heart for the world that none would be left behind. Um, You know, when we pray and we grow closer to him. When you begin to love the Lord, you long to glorify him and you long to see the nations fall at his feet in worship because you realize how worthy he is. When you love your neighbor as yourself, and I love Gaylord N's message about the love revolution and about Jesus' command that we love one another. When we really love, we want to share the good news with those around us and with those that have never heard. And we want to seek to meet the needs of those around us any way we can, which includes them. Being able to know Jesus and be, be his son and daughter and be thankful for the salvation that he's bought for them. You know, he's paid for that, whether they accept it or not. Can you imagine how many of those gifts, if you think about the gifts of, um, of salvation, if you think about them as packages, 3.2 billion packages that have never been yet delivered in heaven waiting that costly price that Jesus paid. Um when we think about his compassion again, we think about in Mark 6:34 that says when he went ashore, this talking about Jesus, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. You know, our that compassion of his begins to get into our heart. And then it begins to drive our choices. It begins to cause us to say yes to one thing and no to another. Um, His compassion gets to be a part of our everyday life. You know, Jesus in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. I'm going to read that. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You know, the when my husband and I were newly married, um, some of our story is that both of us had been previously married and had really disastrous first marriages and were really fearful when we got married, um, but we had both. He had come to the Lord newly late in life, and I had returned to the Lord after being away from the Lord for a while. Um, And we really realized separately that if God wasn't the center, if Jesus wasn't at the center of our lives, it wasn't going to work. So when we got married, we had separately just said to the Lord, we don't know if this is right, but we know that if we don't cling to you and focus on you, it isn't going to work. And so that was our commitment. And then um, as the Lord led us, he took us through a sort of a fast track discipleship as a newly married couple. And um, we had been in a Bible church where we were being taught to read the scriptures. Their assumption was that every believer should read the scriptures for themselves through every year and that you can understand it and it's simple. You read it, what does it say? What does it mean and how do you apply it? What's God asking you to do about it? You know, that's the same principle now that's being used in movements um using discovery bible study the importance of it is that we not only hear the word but we put it into practice and we got led to a church a small church in the middle of dallas fort worth it was only about 250 members at the time they met in a little quonset hut building but they loved the lord i had never been in a congregation like that before when they worshiped they would just get lost in the presence of the lord his presence would be there among us. Um, It was in the early days of the praise and worship movement when churches were discovering the power of the manifest presence of God in praise and worship. And God would just do God-like things. People would get saved. People would get healed, delivered just in the middle of worship because God's presence was there. But you know, what I saw was I saw people that love God so much that that was what mattered and that, that directed all the rest of their lives That little group had been saving money from their donations for a number of years, and they had gotten enough money to build a bigger building, and the elders ended up feeling that God was calling them to give that whole amount of money to missions because of his heart for the nations, and that's what they did. To me, that imprinted in me even more the idea of God's heart for the world, that He cared about us and he wanted us to be comfortable, but how much more he cared about those that hadn't yet had a chance to even hear his name once. So I wanna kind of um, end up with showing you this. This is a video that was done by, um, uh, it's narrated by Lauren Cunningham. And um, give me a second here to um, get you to the right place. But I want you to think about what I've been sharing about God's heart. And as we pray through this 10 days, especially, I want you to just be listening. What what is God's heart as you pray and um, enter into his presence and we lift up? There's so many things we can pray for, so many things that are urgent now. I mean, I think it's I doubt any of you would say this is not an urgent time in history. And it's a moment that things are moving quickly. But um, just listen to what he would speak to your heart. So, you know, I know that a lot of you may be thinking, oh, my, you know, how could I ever get there? Well, I want to tell you something. Um, My husband and I were very ordinary people. And the way God works is it's like breadcrumbs. You take one step and then you take another step and then you take another step. You just obey his nudges. You listen and do the next thing he shows you. And before you know it, you're on an adventure that you would never imagine. And I know a lot of you, some of you on this call may may have already been on that adventure and you can bear witness with what I'm telling you that you just never can tell what God will have you do if you just are listening and paying attention and taking the next step. Um, Our journey began uh, as a family with um, three little boys, 16 months apart. My oldest was barely three and I had a new baby. My husband went with 25 men on a short-term mission trip to India. He was gone for three weeks. It felt like eternity. I didn't know if I was going to survive. I had uh, my little ones caught a respiratory thing. Um, I was trying to deal with all of that with him gone. And when he got home, he wanted to go to India. And I'm thinking, there is no way I would go to India. But you know, God has a way of working around And um, we ended up eventually in India. We ended up, the first trip we took as a whole family was not many years after that. We ended up going to China, to the Northwest part of China to teach English as a second language. And by that time, we had four little ones. So we eventually were dragging a family with eight kids around all over the world. And no mission organization probably would have been sending a group like that but God had his own plan. And little by little, step by step, breadcrumb after breadcrumb, he led us. And I believe he's calling some of you today. I believe he's calling you to take a next step. Maybe it's to go to the person next door. Maybe they speak a different language or they're of a different culture. Or maybe it's to go somewhere a little farther beyond your own comfort zone. Um, whatever it is, I encourage you, be brave. Take, have the faith. To take that courageous, I think I've heard it said: have insane faith. Uh, one second of insane courage to take the step, and you won't regret it. I know that God's heart is there; He is willing that none perish, and His desire, as we pray, is that we don't forget that. And as we pray about all the many things that we need to pray about, let's not forget to pray for those that are still far, that haven't heard, or that have heard but maybe they've turned away, and Our prayers are needed for them too. I believe this is gonna be a season when many prodigals come back. This is a time for um, a billion soul harvest. And I believe we're just at the beginning of that. And our prayers in 10 days, our prayers in Global Family and many others, you've been hearing about Go Month this month. And um, actually today is Go Day when every believer is encouraged to share with at least one other person how to know Jesus. So I encourage you and challenge you to do that. But um, maybe I could just ask for a couple of people if we could close out with prayer. Maybe if I could have somebody pray, maybe that you've never been a missionary, but you'd like to pray to have that one second of extreme courage to share your faith with somebody that you've never done before. Maybe I could have somebody else share that has taken a step, maybe in short-term trip. I've pray for people that um, have have never been on a short term trip, that maybe God would give them an opportunity to go a little bit beyond their comfort zone to share the gospel. And then if I could ask one other person to pray, that's been a missionary to the nations and pray for those that are now serving, that they would see fruitfulness. And so um, we'll do that. And. Um, just begin who'd like to pray for that first to take the one second of insane courage to to share your faith
0: so lord we just um lord, we do pray that you would release um courage and boldness lord for people to take that step Lord, that you would break fear off of their minds <clears throat> off of their consciences Lord. just embolden them to do those insane things that you are calling them to do, Lord, just as it's your uh, reckless love, Lord. Um, We we know that you're in control, Lord, but, but um, the lengths you've gone to, to reach us, God, sending your only son to die and become a human being, Lord, are so extreme, so remarkable. Lord, would you just inspire that same kind of love in us that we would do Um, difficult things, extreme things, if you ask us to, in order to reach those who have not heard the gospel. Pray in Jesus' name.
1: Thank you. Okay, I'm just going to, I know we're coming down near to the end of the hour. Um, I want to just mention why, to me, um, 10 days is such a significant thing. Um, The 10 days comes between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement during what's called the Days of Awe. And um, as you listen to the teachings through this 10 days Pentecost, hopefully you'll get a better understanding of the significance. Um, Just as these early feasts during the early part of the year foreshadow Jesus' first coming, I believe the second set of feasts in the later part of the year foreshadow his second coming. And it's a time of preparation, of examining our hearts and preparing ourselves in repentance, but also. I loved when I got to know Jonathan, he would talk about it's mourning, mourning for our sin, mourning for the lost and unreached, yearning for the return of the Lord and cultivating our passion for our bridegroom. And that is why, to me, when we capture God's heart, um, we're not only loving him more because we recognize how much he loves us. But we're also realizing that there are people not yet at the table. He's preparing a wedding banquet to celebrate. And there are people that haven't gotten their invitations yet. And it's so important. And it begins in prayer. And so as we pray now in this 10 days of Pentecost and as we come and um, celebrate the 10 days together with physical gatherings and on Zoom in the later part of the year, It's a critical part, I think, of preparing that harvest and preparing us as laborers because we begin in God's presence and he changes us. And then we become um, transformed messengers that can carry the gospel. The reason Jesus said, wait, go wait until you've been endued with power from on high to be my witnesses, he causes us to be transformed as we come in his presence. Um, The other opportunity I want to mention, and um, for those of you, a lot of you may know about Global Family 24-7 Prayer, it actually grew out of 10 days. We did a virtual 10 days in 2019 and then repeated it again in the spring and the fall of 2020. And beginning in January 1st, 2021, we began 24-7 Zoom Prayer in Global Family it's another one of the prayer rooms as part of Aqueduct Project. We're so appreciative. I want to give a shout out for Dr. Jonathan Armstrong and the Aqueduct Project that hosts that's hosting this room and also hosting Global Family. But we'd love any of you that have not ever been part of this to join us. You can find probably the your language and find a topic or a theme that fits you If you check the schedule, uh, honors put up in the chat, the link. Uh, where you can find out more and register to join. We'd love to have you join year-round in that. And then, of course, when 10 days comes, we'd love to have you be part of gathering, physical gatherings in your city. We'd love to see cities stopping to seek the Lord. And then I want to share another opportunity. I've just recently finished publishing a book called Trails of Prayer. That's a set of seven Uh, prayer trails with 12 um, kind of uh, stops, if you would have it, if you're walking on an actual prayer trail. Uh, Another way to use the book is to pray through an hour. So you have 12 different topics, seven different sets of those. So it's available now through Amazon. Um, There's a picture version that's more expensive and there's a pocket guide that's a black and white version But I'd love to encourage you, if you're new to praying and the idea of praying through an hour by yourself is intimidating, this is a great tool that I think you could find and um, learn how to be able to be comfortable praying through an hour from scripture. Um, It's got us. one of the sets is praying for the salvation of loved ones, praying for the salvation of others. Um, There's one there's actually two different trails that focus on The model prayer that Jesus gave us, one focuses on the roles that God has with us. And the other one focuses on the roles that we have in prayer before the Lord. So I encourage you to check those out. And again, um, I feel like for some of you today, you felt the Lord nudging you to take some steps of obedience. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, Even write it down, maybe in your journal and then follow through, and let me just close in prayer, and then I'll pass back to you, Jonathan. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, revealing more and more of your heart and your passion, that, Lord, you created us to be in intimacy with you continuously. Lord, we fall still so far short of that, Lord. Help us to grow in conversational relationship with you, Lord, that whatever we're doing throughout the day, Lord, that you're with us, abiding continually with us and giving us the nudges that we need to follow in the path that you show us. Lord, let us love as you love. Let the compelling of your love direct us into the steps of obedience. Lord, I love that your word says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that grows brighter and brighter to the full day. Thank you that each of us are on that journey toward you more. Cause our hearts to be more focused in on you and coming more quickly to fulfill your good purposes. Lord, you have good purposes for us, good plans. Thank you that you're at work in us and you who began a good work will surely bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, I lift up those 3.2 billion that have not even had one chance to hear in a meaningful way, Jesus, of your sacrifice and your love, that you've made the bridge for us to be reconciled to you once more. Make each of us ambassadors, Lord. Father, use us to share good news with those near and far. And as we pray, Lord, let us never forget to lift up those that are serving in faraway places and even the neighbors that haven't yet heard, Lord, help us to be bold to share. Thank you for this go day, Lord. We pray that many, even many hundreds of thousands of millions would be sharing today the good news that you've given us um, of salvation through Jesus Christ. We praise your name, Lord. Let this be sealed by your Holy Spirit in the hearts of those who've heard and those who will watch the recording. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.